Hi, everybody. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We are continuing our journey through Matthew before the end of the new year. Um, we're three days in, so that means we're on chapter three. Hopefully, you've read it. We're going to do our quick high-level summary of the chapter, and then uh, we'll meet you again tomorrow for the next one. So let's uh, get into it. Chapter three. So, you know, one thing I find interesting about chapter three, at least the, the first 12 verses, is we get the introduction to the herald, the herald of the king, um, that being John the Baptist. A herald, if you don't know, is the a runner, a forerunner, if you will, someone that goes before, prepares the way um, for that. <laughs> Peter, hi, Lacey. Um, and it's interesting, um, you see here that, that he comes, um, you have the, again, verse 3 and 4, Verse 3, the prophet Isaiah, and then the fulfillment of that prophecy, uh, Matthew quoting Isaiah 40, verse 3. So another instance of prophet being mentioned and then prophecy fulfillment. Um, and then you have John, who is coming in a like manner as um, Elijah. The camel hair, the leather belt, right? And even the message is very similar to what Elijah called in his um, in his message any thoughts on on John um, no everything it lines up with what you just said wow <laughs> that's pretty crazy I thought this was really cool um, the message that John says to the Pharisees in verses um, 7 uh, 7 through 10 so you have the leaders come out to analyze John, and one very key um, theme that we're going to see looking at the life of Jesus is what happens to the herald will happen to the king. So the way that the Pharisees um, examine someone who might have a potential messianic claim is they would send out a delegation. Um, That delegation would just go and watch and listen first. And we see that's what's happening here when the Pharisees and the Sadducees um, come out, that's what they're not there to repent, but they're there to judge John and to judge his claims or his message to see if he could be a Messiah figure. That's why he responds the way that he does. You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath of come? And he even goes into one of the sins that the the Pharisees and the Sadducees would teach, right? Verse 9, do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. What they would teach is that the Jews are saved because Abraham is their father, right? That's that's their one of their primary teachings. We have Abraham as our father, so we are saved. We're going to heaven regardless of whether you believe or not. You're an atheist, an agnostic, doesn't matter. You're going to heaven because you're a child of Abraham. Um, John makes the point that God is able from these stones to raise up children from Abraham. Um, Abraham himself had children outside of Isaac, right? Ishmael was the first one who didn't receive the promise. I just found out, I just read recently, not found out, but I just read recently that reminded me that Abraham remarried after Sarah died and had more children. But to them, the blessing was not given. It was Abraham than Isaac. That's the lineage, right? There are more children of Abraham out there that are not 
part of the the Jewish, if you will, lineage. Interesting. Um, and then verse uh, 11, 11 and twelve. I really found this kind of cross reference uh, very interesting. At the end of verse twelve, he or in chapter twelve, he says, or verse twelve, he says, "The winnowing fork in his hand, he will clear his way with the threshing floor and gather wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire." And that was a call. I had it open. Now I, my page closed. I had it open. That was a call back to Malachi four, verse one, which is speaking of the day of the Lord and the day of judgment. Right, that is coming. Malachi four one. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when the arrogant and the evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. Talking about how judgment is coming. The judgment day is coming, and it will be a day of fire. Right. There's two major judgments. You've got the flood. God judged the earth with water, and then the next one, the tribulation, God's going to judge the earth with fire. So I thought that was interesting about John and his introduction into the, the narrative. Well, it just goes to show, too, that um, you can see, because right, we, we lean towards Revelation, um, mm-hmm. When we look for prophecy, and you can, they didn't have revelation back then. Yeah. So obviously, John was getting that from the Old Testament. You right. know what I mean? So we know that there's Old Testament prophecies that talk about judgment and yep. the end. You know. Well, I think the the interesting part is there's only like I think if I remember right, between two and five percent of the Book of Revelation is new. Everything else is. A recap from the Old Testament. Yeah, you can't really understand Revelation unless you understand the Old Testament. And even um, with this, what we've seen so far, how many times so far has Matthew referenced the Old Testament to bring into the New Testament to show the fulfillment of prophecy in right. Jesus? It's so important to know the Old Testament. Yeah, I mean, even if you're learning it as we go. Right, you can see that he's quoting from something. Right. And then it's just a matter of doing a little more research and digging back into the Old Testament. Right, where that came from. Yep. Um, and then we, before we get into the baptism of Jesus here, John is, is baptizing people, right? He's calling people into repentance and baptizing them. Um, I thought it's very interesting to note that baptism is not a Christian New Testament practice. Um, it is very much a Jewish practice. Very commonly it was done from a Gentile converting to Judaism. He would be baptized. So that was the more common. Um, there were some instances where a Jew would be baptized based on a, a rabbi's teaching. I'm following XYZ rabbi. Uh, he's teaching really great. I want to be baptized into his message. Well, right, and I think the, the way they baptized back then was, well, it's similar to how we're baptized now. Yeah. It's showing that you're going to follow right. whoever you're baptized under. Right, it's an, an outward thing. expression of an inward agreement. I agree with this, so I'm going to be baptized into it. Same thing today. It's an outward expression of an inward change. I'm baptizing into the name of Jesus Christ because I agree with and accept it. Yep. Um, but when they're 
baptized, they're not being asked to join a church, right? It's not baptism into a church. It's not baptism into John's message. It's baptism into confessing of sins. They're agreeing with the message. I'm confessing my sin. I'm being baptized because of it. Um, and, can, and agreeing with John that I am a sinner needing, needing the Messiah. So that's what I had about the introduction of John, if you will. Um, and then that gets us into... I mean, this chapter is really small. It is really small. <laughs> Um, that, we're gonna we're gonna later get into the other chapters, and those are gonna be so long. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so. That gets us into verses um, thirteen through seventeen, and we see the baptism of Jesus Himself here. Um, do you have any any notes or thoughts on those that section? Um, well, before we dive into that, yeah. I. You kind of talked about where, like, he goes into the judgment. So mine actually says winnowing fan. But I looked up what that was. So for whatever reason, I have winnowing fork. But So it probably is termed either or. It, yeah, it's, it's <clears throat> like a sickle. I didn't know what that was. Right, right. So yeah. I looked it up. Um, it was a tool, like a pitchfork. Yeah. Um, and they used it to harvest wheat. Yeah. And you heart you like you did the little yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. it lifts that wheat up and into the air, and in the wind, and then the wind would blow away the lighter chaff, allowing the edible grains to fall to the threshing floor. Mm. So I just thought that was important because I didn't know what that was. Oh yeah. And so it was, it's a good illustration once you understand how right. it was used and. Anyway, so. And it just goes to show how <clears throat> aggressive the judgment's going to be, right? And you don't want to be the chaff. Right. You don't want to be blown away by the wind. Yeah. So, um, now we, we can press on, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so, into the, the baptism mm. of Jesus himself. Um, I, I love how John presents him, himself when he goes, when Jesus comes in. I need to be baptized to you, but you are coming to me? Right, he's questioning. John is like, "Oh, I'm so surprised about this. It should be the other way around." Um, and then Jesus' response: "Let it be so, for it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness." Jesus is um, not agreeing with him being a sinner, but he is making a public act to identify with John and with his message. Because it's he's showing that Jesus is following the herald and right. what the herald's message is. Yes. Because he is that message. Yeah. And then, is so, it's an amazing picture. Right. You look at the message of John um, when he mm-hmm. he's, he's preaching back in verse 2. He says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's the message Jesus is agreeing with that people need to repent because he is the king right that can usher so in the kingdom. So it's just a really pretty picture it is. in the sense that like it's he's saying no this has to be the way it is because you're heralding me in and I right you know I think it, it's important to note Elijah's prophecy. I didn't I didn't mention this earlier, but it's important to note what Elijah's prophecy is. And that is that I forget where I think I have it written somewhere that John could have fulfilled Elijah's prophecy if the Jews had accepted Jesus as their Messiah. John would have fulfilled Elijah's prophecy, that being that he would 
the messianic Elijah comes before the messianic king and prepares people. He tells them to repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then, um, if once the people of Israel accept their Messiah, the messianic king would come in. John could have fulfilled that role if they accepted Jesus in first century Jerusalem. The thing being is that they couldn't accept Jesus because that would have left a whole host of prophecy unfulfilled. Right. That is the suffering servant, the suffering of the Messiah, how he has to die for the sins of the world. So what Jesus is, is saying, essentially, in his baptism is that I agree with John's message that the, the messianic kingdom could come in, but... Um, it's not going to. And then um, wrapping up this chapter, we hear, they hear and they see the Spirit of God descending from heaven. They hear an audible voice. This is what the Jews would call a bat call. Um, that is the God's voice being audibly heard. This is essentially God breaking the 400 years of silence, right? Between the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament, there's that silence period. And here it is being broken, and he's breaking it by seeing, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Uh, God's purpose is to prove that Jesus is sinless. And then, as we see in the next section, chapter 4, you'll read, um, Satan will, ha will have a purpose to try and get Jesus to sin. To show that it's counter that Jesus is not, but that's not the not what happens. I think it's really interesting to point out too that um, he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove, right? So a lot of people assume that it's a dove, but it says mm. like a dove. Mm. So when you think of what a dove looks like, they can fly or yeah. hover. So the way I visualize it is in that sense, he's like. Hovering the, over. Right. The yeah. Spirit of the Lord is hovering over. Yeah. Um, but, so, I just thought that, you know, because a lot of people, like, a lot of pictures yep. show a dove. A dove coming down. But it's not really a dove. It's like a dove. So, what is a dove like? It's, right. You know. But. And then it's it's really important to, to note, not really important, but something I thought that was interesting to note is that it's very likely that the Pharisees and the Sadducees would have been there during Jesus' baptism. They would have been there evaluating John. Right, not actually talking. They not would actually talking. They would be watching, watching. and evaluating. And so it's, it's like 80% chance that they would have seen this happen and heard God audibly speaking. And so that essentially would have taken them and make them go, oh, you know, maybe we're looking at the wrong person. And might have sent out a second delegation to start investigating this Jesus guy. Well, and he doesn't actually start his ministry. Not yet, no. Right. Uh, when he does start his ministry, so again, um, as I said before, what happens to the herald happens to the, the king. Um, the herald is investigated. The king's going to be investigated. The herald preaches a message of repentance. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The king preaches the same message. We'll see later, the herald is going to die. The king is going to die. It's a very common theme um, throughout the life of, of the Messiah. Any other thoughts? Um, not for chapter 3. I think that wraps it up for my little pea brain. Mine too.
Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll catch you tomorrow for uh, chapter four. All right. Bye. Bye.